Welcome back, everyone, to Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Stocks. I am Nate, here with Jimbo. How we doing? How we doing? And we promised you that we would look at the 2022 Bowman Chrome checklist, and we are coming through on our promise. Sometimes I promise things and we never get around to it. That is Um, true. That has happened before. Uh, I remember one time specifically, I did a ton of research and we just never never used it um but jimbo did a ton of research he's got a huge spreadsheet we're gonna get into it um and so we're doing we're doing what we promised shout out us but we didn't get it last week because of course it was thanksgiving weekend and uh Mm -hmm. gotta have some family time wanted you guys to have some family time no need to listen to us during family time so we pushed it to this tuesday and it also works well because I am going to be gone end of the week and won't have time to record another podcast there. So, so this is kind of like a two for one last week's and this week's all combined into one beautiful part two, 2022 Bowman Chrome podcast. Well, honestly, if there was one to combine two episodes into one, it's checklist with a breakdown of players of Bowman Chrome. So yes, sir. Cause this is going to, not going to lie to the people at home. This is going to take a while. Jimbo's got some dogs in the background, sounds like. It came in very slightly. Okay, good. Because I never know. You know, my dogs are going wild up there. USA just won. So they're all wild up. Chin. That is true. Yeah, go USA. We watched uh, USA versus, and I'm not 100% sure how to say this anymore because I've heard it a million different ways now. I usually say Iran. Or people say Iran or Iran or Iran. So uh, there's like four different ways to say it. I don't know how to say it. Um, Iran, Iran, Iran. We're going to the next stage. That's all that matters. Let's Doesn't go. Matter. Let's go. Usa. Let's go. And I'm not a big soccer guy, but I can get behind anything that has the good old U.S. of A. on the jersey. And uh, that was a fun time. Fun to see young Americans going to, you know, the team is super young. Moving on, huge. Um, other things that happened today, uh, I burnt my lunch, <laughs> almost started my kitchen on fire. Um, walk destroyed, steaming basket destroyed. So that was a fun time for me also in the middle of the USA match. And my house smells terrible because of it. Windows open, fans on, it still smells. Um, but... But we got USA, baby, and we're talking 2022 Bowman Chrome. So who cares? Awesome. Awesome. Well, for the people that are listening, I created a spreadsheet with the checklist of the entire checklist for the Bowman Chrome. And what I did was I did a complete breakdown on each player for the Bowman Chrome prospect autographs, like the Bowman first, Bowman Chrome first autos. And I basically what I did is I went one by one put the the age their position um i i tiered them out by like a rookie tier like a ranking and then also i have a hyperlink to their fan graphs um website so you can click it super easy so you can check out their stats yourself and also i did a nice little uh, write-up on each on each prospect some are longer than the others i had a great time because it, it had me look at each and every player uh, because a lot of these players, you know, there's some of them that that stick out in the beginning, but a lot of them, you know, I even I haven't even heard. So I had a great time going through this. 
Um, and I'm excited. We will dish this out to everyone. Um, we have a hyperlink to, or we have a, a link to it. It's a Google doc, uh, Google doc sheets, and I'll probably have it on my Instagram. We'll probably have it on Dean and corners, Instagram, and, uh, we'll get it out to you if, if you're interested. And before we go into it, I just wanted to state a couple things in here. So what I did was I did a breakdown in just did a breakdown on what I thought about the players. I didn't really look into any of the prices of their cards because, you know, they, they're going to change so often, especially mm-hmm. in the beginning where I didn't want to put it in there. And then, you know, let's say they go up a, a lot or go down a lot. And then, you know, everything's all, you know, not up to date because there's no way I, I would be able to keep up to date Updated with all, every day. all 110 but, uh, prospects. That'd be insane. Yeah. But I do want to say, there, I do have some things about like a hold or someone I like, um, but it's all in relative terms. I want to make this very clear. All in relative terms of the price compared to other players. And I want to make sure everyone knows that because just because you like a player or a prospect, the price still has to make sense no matter how much you like that player. Case in, my mind. in point. Yeah. I love so. Jackson Churio. You won't find me spending $500 on a base auto. Yeah, probably not same here. So we can dive right into it. Nate, go for it, my um, friend. Real quick, real quick. So uh, before we get into some, you know, disclaimers here, I just want to real quick. You mentioned tier system. So you have a tier system one, okay. two, three, four, five. And then you also have between those tiers, kind of like the point five system and grading. Uh, you can get a one. One plus is between one and two. Two plus is between two and three. Still a two, but not a you know not a two. Um, do you want to kind of explain if you have an idea? You know, maybe it's just I really like this guy. I think he's a one. I re- like this guy a lot, but I don't think he's as good as these guys above him. So he's a two. You want to explain specifically ones and twos because I think um, just personally from where I'm at, my biggest. My biggest gripe with it is that there's a couple guys in the twos that I think belong in one. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So I'm trying to see. Is there a? Do I have any one plus in these? You Roderick Arias. Yes. So, like for instance, Rod Roderick Arias. For me, you know, like there's a Jackson Cheerio. There's a. Uh, Chris, Christian, the Cuero, Jackson Merrill, like those guys to me are the top of the list. And for me to put a Roderick Arias where I like the potential, but he hasn't showed me, you know, the stats, I still like the potential, but I'm going to put him as a one plus because I don't want to, I, you know, like me ranking that person the same as a Jackson Churio to me is not fair. Okay. And, and this was as close as I could get it without having like, you know, uh, ranking system, like a, a basic ranking system, instead of putting like one to a thousand or one to a hundred. Okay. Cause I would get obsessed and I would be, I would take years on one set to do that. <laughs> All right. I, cause I was just wondering, cause like there's guys like Samuel Zavala that I think if Christian, uh, Christian, I think is how it says, cause there's a S T H in the middle there. So it's not Christian, Mm-hmm. Um, but like Vaquero, I know he's the number two international prospect, but I kind of like Sam Zavala 
maybe just as much. So and you've got him as a two plus. And, and again, this is just kind of personal preference. So I'm just trying to gauge where your mind was at because per for me personally, I like, I think I like those guys equally as much, if that makes sense. Yeah. And you got to also remember there's times where like, I didn't sit down and do this whole list all at once, like in one sitting, mm-hmm. I basically came back and, you know, did it here and there and, and knocked out a few players every so often. So there's sometimes like, like I agree now that I saw that I would, I would actually rank Samuel Zavala ahead of him. Okay. Or in the same class. So like, that's where it got tricky for me. Cause there's like a hundred and something. And it was, I was doing it by team. Mm-hmm. And so I was doing it by team where I think if I had like a whiteboard and almost have it like a draft where if, if I would have put it up there and like, Ooh, does this person fit in this category with all this other people in the same boat? I think it would be different, but. Oh, what if, check this out. What if we got a couple other people, big video, we bring this up and then we just. I mean, I would love it. We just brainstorm like, hey, we think boom, boom, boom. I would love it because that's what I, that's what I like most about sports, like about baseball cards and prospecting, because there's so many variables. Like I was explaining it to. Morgan and my mom and, and my dad while I was doing it and like all the different people walking around because I'm home for the holidays. I'm like, it's more than just being a good player. There's so many things like, mm-hmm. like a Denzel Clark. I love him a lot, but he's on the A's. So boom. Yeah. You, you, you reminded me of, you reminded Uh-oh. me of what I wanted to discuss. Uh-huh. Um, Go I'm going to bring it up now. So I don't forget. Do it. All right. So we had some disclaimers on here before we got into the checklist um two of them i remember so the one i'm going to bring up because i couldn't remember it before the video is that there's going to be a lot of times especially for me when i was looking through these guys it was like i don't even want to talk about that guy right you know 24 year old Mm -hmm. catcher not concerned 22 year old first base only type prospect with limited power really not concerned about talking about him or wasting our time on the podcast that being said a, a friendly reminder for everyone out there is that when we talk about these guys you know this dude might not have the best projections for the MLB, right? Or like, I don't, you know, maybe he's not going to dominate the MLB, but you don't need him to dominate the MLB to make money. Mm-hmm. You can have a guy in a ball with big prestigious power and a 30 bat dominate a, excuse me, dominate a plus ball or dominate double a um, and sell there. And so, there will be times where we'll be discussing guys, I'm sure of it, that we were like, I don't know, he doesn't have what it takes, you know, a light hitting catcher, or light hitting first baseman, or a ton of speed, but, you know, no power. But that won't matter as much if you're just looking to make money in the minors, which is usually what I do with my prospects. Rarely ever am I buying to try to hold the call up. Um, it's just when the opportunity you know, when the opportunity arises to sell, I sell, whether that be a ball to high A or high A to triple A or, you know, rookie ball to the majors, whatever is the opportune time, that's the opportune time. And I'm not. So keep that in mind um, as we're talking about this is that you can make money wherever. And just because a guy is not like your prototypical first baseman in the majors doesn't mean he can't blow up in double A and you can still make money. Mm hmm. And I, I also factored in a lot of it. I'm glad you brought that up because I kind of forgot about it. Is are there like there's some teams like the Dodgers, mm-hmm. 
you know, they're they're single A, uh, sing they're they're uh, advanced A leagues, tough tip, tough hitters leagues, but they're double A and triple A, phenomenal. Same with uh, the Diamondbacks in the in the Padres, or yeah, Padres, Dodgers, Diamond, like a few of those where you can make money on on their in their inflated stats that when they get called up to the double A or the triple A because let's say they're in single A and they had a great single A season. But their W, that's why I love the WRC plus kind of puts it in perspective because there's players that are like, oh, they hit 250 and four bombs, but their WRC plus was like 125. And you're like, what? And then there's other players that had like, they hit 280, let's say, and I'm just throwing some random ones out, hit 280 and maybe seven home runs. And, you know, the stat line looks good, and but their WRC, WRC plus. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it, but it, it puts it all in perspective. But if people aren't doing the advanced stats, like the market will really like at the end of the day, until it like until it really evolves, they're going to be just looking at the plain stats. You can make money buying and flipping and getting ahead of it. We just had somebody just asked a question and this isn't overly helpful for me to bring up because I can't remember the player they asked about. But the other day, either on Sunday or Monday, we had a YouTube live stream or a PWCC live stream. And somebody asked about a player and I was like, look, he didn't have great stats last year in a ball and high a, but he played Florida state league in a ball Midwest league in high a, I was like, if you want to take a gamble on him, I don't know what the prices are, but if you want to take a gamble on him and see what he does in double a, once he gets out of these gigantic parks to play in or cold parks to play in. Sure. Why not? Um, and so like there is, I mean, there, there are teams out there. I don't remember what player it was, but this dude had to play Florida State League, Midwest League back to back. That stinks. I mean, that's that's the Tigers. That's like there's so many. Oh, that's might have been Tiger prospect, honestly. It, yeah, might have been, but that's that's another reason why I, I always am nervous about Yankee prospects because there's always a lot of hype around them because they usually are high ceiling prospects, mm-hmm. but. Their minor league system throughout is such a pitcher friendly. Like it's it's hard on the hitters to put up big numbers. They're playing in the snow for a month and a half, you know, and it, they ju- it just doesn't translate compared to the Cali League, where the ball is flying, or you know, like one of those leagues where I I I just worry about paying a premium plus being harder to put up the big stat. That's why I like J Dom, I was so afraid in the beginning, and that's why I I sold a lot of the stuff I had because I was like man, it's already at a premium. He's going to have to put up monster numbers in a tough league. Like he's battling multiple things. And that's why like a Roderick Arias, I get worried about players like that, that come in with a lot of hype. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and hype is sometimes the, uh, the worst thing in car market. Mm -hmm. But if you put it in relative terms, you can sell at the right time, buy at the right time. And that's why these notes in the spreadsheet, I kind of allude, allude to some of that. Like I put in some of what I'm thinking of the process. Like maybe it's a good time to sell them, even though if you do believe them, believe in them. Because will he put up the numbers to be able for it to increase? Correct. All right. And then the second, the second um, stipulation or disclaimer I want to make before we get into the tiers, and I, I think I want to go tier one, tier two, and down the list, is that 44 of these players, as long as my counting is correct, 44 of these guys are 19 and under. 19, 18, 17. I believe 10 of them are 17. I love that. 
there is, and also we're not going to be talking about rookie autos, which is a whole added bonus on top of this whole set. But 44 kids are still in their teen years on this checklist. That both gives you immense upside and also huge, huge, huge risk. Because if there's anything I know about card collectors, once you attach the number 17 next to a kid, it doesn't matter what his future projection is. For the most part, he's 17. I'm going to buy him. Uh, Happened in soccer with Sidney Raybigger. 17 years old, people were pumped. He became super expensive. And now he's barely playing for a second league uh, Bundesliga team. Um, And so it's, it's... you know, it's one of those things where people spent big money and now it's like, ooh, that wasn't worth it. Um, and so when we're looking at these guys, you know, a lot of these young kids are high on the list. A lot of them are tier one, tier two guys that are young because they have a ton of talent, either because they're top international signees or because they're guys like, you know, Jackson Churio that blew up or Jason Churio, who's Jackson Churio's brother or any any number of things they're still insanely risky, inherently risky. Even a guy like Jackson Churio, is he guaranteed to make the majors at this point because he was in double A as an 18 year old? Yes. There's unless some, something terrible happens injury or something worse than that. He will make the majors guaranteed. Will he be a star? Not going to guarantee that. Uh, Will he make the majors? Yes. But there's other guys in here, especially guys that are 17, putting up decent stats in the Dominican summer league. There's plenty of guys, if you go through these lists that hit A ball, where you look at their Dominican Summer League stats, especially walk rate and strikeout rates, and it's, wow, that dude had really good Dominican Summer League stats, and then he gets to Complex League, and those numbers get cut in half. Or he gets into A ball, and those numbers get cut in half. Um, And so, like, it's nice to see guys performing young. That's essentially what I like out of Dominican Summer League stats, is that against his peers, he's performing. I don't really want to buy a guy who's not performing in the DSL because that's like, ugh, if he's not performing here, how is he going to perform against guys who are 24 pitching uh, in A ball? So remember that Bowman Chrome, because it's international heavy and you can get guys on the international side that are much younger than the draft side, inherently there is a lot more risk. Yep. Just like anything. You know, the risk, you got to weigh the risk to, to reward ratio. And honestly, a lot of the 17 year olds, a lot of them won't even make it out of double or not. I won't say a lot of them, but there's there's going to be quite a bit of them that don't even make it out of single or uh, like advanced uh, advanced day. Yeah. To yeah. Be honest with you. I mean, there was there was one guy I was looking at and um, I'm not I'm not going to remember his name now, but he was 22, 23. Yeah. And repeating, he did a ball high A last year, repeating a ball high A last year. Or in 2021, he played a ball in high A. And then the next year, he played a ball in high A again and performed worse. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's the thing that's tricky. There, there's just a lot of factors with that. Um, but at the same time, it makes it fun because I would rather have them early. And this is where like people will complain or people will love it at the end of the day, someone will always, there always be both sides to it. Um, but I would rather have them super early. So if they do pop off like a Sedane, uh, Rafa Fiola, I can't say it, Sedane 
Rafa Faiola La. The, the kid from the Red Sox. I think it's Rafaela, but I Rafaela. could be wrong. Yeah, we're well, it's just R A F A E L A. Yeah, but we that guy like where last year, like he had a card come out in Bowman or 2022 Bowman, but really he was going off even like right in the beginning of the season. So I was like, man, if if his stuff was going to be here, you know, if it was last year, I could have gotten super early on his stuff. But that's what makes it fun. But also there is a risk to it. But I like them expanding the checklist to do that because hopefully that keeps the, the print runs lower on each player. But then also it's an interesting play of like, hey, go get go do your research, intense research, pick a few out that you love and go attack them. Go get them. Dude, I'd be rich right now if Jackson Churio was out half a year earlier. Yeah. I wouldn't even be doing this. I'd be retired. That's how <laughs> exactly. rich I'd be on Jackson Churio if that was if that was the case. But sadly, not the case. Um, all right. So let's get into this checklist. So we're gonna go. I want to go tier one, tier two, tier three, or one, one plus, two, two plus, and so on and so forth down the list. So your ones, um, only a five five list thing here and i would argue for at least two more guys in this one of them i already argued for but top of the list of course jackson churio that's pretty self-explanatory mm-hmm. um i don't think we need to talk about jackson churio 18 double a that's really all you need to know um so let's move on christian vaquero number two prospect internationally uh, and he is number two on your list. So you want to. Well, not not. So I didn't necessarily do it ranking. Oh, you just have them. You just have them tiered. OK, OK, yeah. OK. So like for me, if I had to choose number two, it'd be Jackson uh, Merrill personally. OK, but I yes, they're in the same. That's why I try to do the one plus to, to try and keep it like that. Uh, like like to, you know, have some kind of divide. Um but yeah, Christian Christian Viquero, you know, high ceiling kid, uh, you know, f- like a exactly a five tool player that we look for, super young, second overall or second ranked international prospect last year, signed with the uh, the Nationals for just under five million, and honestly, he's like super athletic. He's a taller kid, uh, good build, and one thing that's very interesting about him that I like that why I put him one is because his he, he's going to play center. And honestly, he can get to the majors just on his glove alone. Even if he doesn't hit any, like, you know, standout hitting wise, mm-hmm. he's kind of like your Victor Robles in my mind. Um, you know, I, he's a little bit bigger and has more potential there. Yeah. Premium, uh, premium defensive assets there. Like, like Robles, like Brian Hayes, guys like that. Mm-hmm. Like one of those safe where he'll probably get to the majors just on that alone. And then if his back comes along, like, holy smokes, he could be, you know. Now, here, one of the big here's my question for you, because, you know, that's always the that's always the thing. It's like NBA teams. Kawhi Leonard was a defensive stopper that turned into an offensive star. Right. And so all these teams, every guy they ever drafted that was a defensive stopper. They're like, could be the next Kawhi Leonard. Guess what? We haven't seen one yet, you know? <laughs> and so my question is, like, defense is really – defense gives a super nice floor. 
you have a great defensive fielder. You have a you have a floor of at least, you know, a a role player of some sort. That being said, Cabrian Hayes' bat hasn't been very good. Christian Pache's bat hasn't been very good. Victor Robles' bat hasn't been very good. Um, like, I I get I get the sentiment and I agree with it from a from a major league standpoint. Like, yeah, I want I want a guy who's good defensively. NBA, I'd love to have a guy who's good defensively and try to teach him how to shoot threes, right? Um, but I question. I question like I don't I don't question his tier one placement. I agree with that. You you become the highest paid, you know, you you're the highest paid international prospect for a reason. But I question as a society our love for these guys because <laughs> you look at you look at all these guys that I just named plus others, and by and large, they're cheap. And they're relative failures um, from a card market standpoint. Maybe not from a professional standpoint because the defense is still amazing, right? But Cabrian Hayes, outside of year one, hasn't been that great of a hitter. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up. So that this is where the prospecting comes into play. And for me, like, uh, like let's say you know a young hitter, like let's say I don't know a player that can hit but doesn't have a position, can't be tier one for me. And someone that has a an amazing glove, but can't hit, can't be tier one for me. It has to have one or the other. It has to have both, but it has to have a high ceiling on both for me to put them rank number or in that first tier in my mind. So the reason why I like this kid and I put him in a tier one is because his glove is already there, but his potential to hit is there too. Like his pot, like he's a six, three, one eighty, and he just turned 18 two months ago. So this entire he's next got, season, he's got room to grow. <laughs> Yeah, so like for me, like if if he was already hitting well and fielding well, he would be the Jackson Cheerio. Like he would be, he would be the um, uh, Julio Rodriguez's of the world already. But you know, obviously, there's some things where that he has to come in and, and do what do what he has to do to get to that level. He still has that potential, and that's why I put him in a tier one because even though there's other younger guys that are similar to this he's already more advanced and has just that higher ceiling. I don't know how to. How no, to I, I, I'm. And again, he's got pop 60 future, uh, future pop there. And he had good, he had good walk rates and strikeout rates in the Dominican summer league. And again, we're, we're covering both things that, you know, both, both uh, disclaimers. I put at the beginning DSL stats. Eh, and also he doesn't need to make it to the majors to make you value. Exactly. You know, he can do really well in double A with a relative shaky bat compared to what he could do in the majors. Um, but I'm just I wanted to bring up the defensive thing because it's always yeah. it it's it's always on top of my mind um, for any prospect that has defensive value where maybe the bat wasn't as good. And, and the bat was fine. Uh, it just wasn't like. At 379 on base percentage is nice, but again, Dominican Summer League, I'm more looking at the 256 average and the 341 slugging and the 0.085 isolated power, which is like, eat. So honestly, for me, anything that's not stateside, I throw out the window unless it's super glaring, personally. Um. So what about, now again, only 17, but I am, I am... This this is probably 
ignorant of me and unfair, but anytime I see like an under hundred under a hundred ISO, especially for something somebody that was uh that highly touted, I'm like, oh man, there there had better be a lot of growing into that frame if that's what his ISO is right now. Yeah. Again, it's probably an ignorant take. It's just dude, I've been I've seen the leagues over there. The pitching is a lot of times they won't even have like a lot of the pitchers don't won't even be be able to throw strikes. That's what yeah. you know, it's it's just chaos over there. Like it's just like us here with college, like judging someone off of just straight it's, college. It's essentially it's essentially high school baseball. Yeah. And who knows if it's even D one high school baseball. Because mm-hmm. that you gotta also think about these all these kids know each other. So it's like, what if if you were to go pitch against Bryce Harper? You know, let's say you grew up around the area and Bryce Harper comes up to bat and you're a pitcher. Are you going to be throwing? Strike him out. Like, yeah, I mean, that's that's what you would want. You know, that's what the elite pitchers. But there's some pitchers out there that are throwing, you know, low 80s. And they're like, hey, I just got to get past this guy and maybe, you know, work around this guy. There, There's a lot of that. There's a lot yeah. more of that. And that's where I always say do the eye test. And that's why a big time. Which is I impossible always... in the Dominican Summer League. True, and that's why you'll see on a lot of my notes is I say let's wait till we see a season of state of stateside um, before we get really excited, and it's all relative to pricing. So if like a of a Quero and he was super cheap, and let's say he was like a very cheap prospect, where let's say you can get a cheap you know gold auto or a, an orange auto for a relatively decent price, it's worth to snag and and take that risk. But if you're paying prices for him, like a Jackson Cherry or like someone that's already proven a little bit or a Jackson Merrill, like I would rather pass and wait. Yeah. Even if I have to pay more next year um, and, and wait like that, because it's the risk to reward ratio and it's all depending on price. And that's you'll hear me say it a lot. That's why there's not a perfect algorithm that I that would be really cool if there was. On, and this is where Carlatter, if you're listening be awesome if you had a, I'm looking it up on the index so on all of the players prospects Christian Vaquero Vaquero $1025 green auto on auction yeah see like I personally would not feel comfortable spending that because I feel like there's other value plays yeah so uh let's look up Jackson Merrill just to just to see we brought him up. Um, Jackson Merrill. Still so crazy that he had a 2021 auto. Um, Jackson Merrill refractor auto. Now, of course, a little different because there's no first on this card. Um, the best offer was just accepted on a refractor for 175. Let me see if I can find a green here real quick. Okay, question for you. Would you rather have a Robert Hassel? Or uh, Vaquero, same auto if the prices were the same? Oh. I mean, I'd probably rather have Robert Hassel. Me too. So uh, that's how I think about, like, when we're we're thinking about value in relative terms. It's like I pick a player where I think he could be next year or the year after or whatever. So, and- so Merrill Orange Shimmer on the 23rd. Sold for fifteen hundred bucks. A gold on the twenty sixth sold for thirteen hundred. Orange shimmer on the twenty sixth, a thousand one hundred eighty. So that is, you know, mm-hmm. that is 
a hundred more dollars. That's crazy. Then, then the Vaquero Green Auto. Like I know it doesn't have a first, but it's his first auto anyways. I'd much well, rather have the Jackson Merrill Orange Shimmer well, than do the, the Rob- Vaquero. Do the Robber Hassle. I feel like that would be because it's now that he's been already like his stuff was released Robert last Hassel's year. Stats real quick. Yeah, pull him up. Just so we can get a baseline for how he did last year. And Robert Hassel, he would have crazy numbers in double A for the Padres. All right, this will be this will be good. Speculato out of seventy one just sold for three twenty. Uh, last green auto of Robert Hassel sold October twenty fifth for. Three hundred dollars. Yeah, a thousand dollars, three hundred dollars. Yeah. So Robert Hassel actually he struggled a bit when he went to the Nationals for the trade. Yeah, a lot of guys do that though. Yeah, there was a lot of guys even in this checklist that got traded mid-season that I was looking at that like did well with Team A and then got traded to the Blue Jays or somebody like that and did poorly. Yeah. It's so, tough on those young kids, man. Totally different people talking to them, routines off, like mm-hmm. they got to find a place to live. Like there's a lot of factors that a lot that a lot of people don't realize, but like a Robert Hassel. So like I would I would much rather have a Robert Hassel. So at Would you rather old, have 3 Robert Hassel greens or one Christian Vaccaro green? Oh. Vaccaro. All day Robert Robert Hassel personally. Yeah. Or or even even here since this guy was just blowing up in the fall league. And also if there was ever a guy that passed the eye test for me in real life, it was Zach Fiend. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Blue wave auto PSA nine, $238 the other day. Refractor auto PSA nine, $190 on the 29th, which is actually today, not the other day today. Um, so we're talking about a dude who was like the star of the of the uh, fall league here, and his prices are minuscule. And of course, it's the Rockies. But if we compare his prices, um, let's just go with what just sold. So let's go with the refractor because Blue Wave, meh, hundred ninety dollars for a refractor PSA nine. Um, what was that? Uh, Ezekiel Fernandez, Enrique Fernandez. Um, he's a two plus. He's one of the guys I thought should maybe be a one plus here. Um, but we'll get we'll get to that when we cover the two pluses. Yang Quill. That's what it is. Yeah, and that that's what makes it fun about all this because it's all in relative terms to pricing. Because if a Zach Veen was on this list. You know, we're talking a different game. Um, and and that's another thing I want to bring up, too, is like in the beginning, people are going to get excited about these players. And, and honestly, I am someone to say I wouldn't buy anything on release week um, usually ever. But with Bowman, one thing that I do suggest are like the oranges, the the golds, the reds. Rare stuff, yeah, because that you will see more of those in the beginning than you'll ever see those be for sale. 
So that actually the supply is higher than usual, but the base stuff almost always is inflated in the beginning um, unless it's like a no namer and then they pop off. So just keep that in mind. Like if there's a player you like, maybe stay away from the, the, you know, the, the more common stuff. And if you really like them, go after one of their big cards, if the price is right for you. Um, but do the, do the test that I do try and pick a player that you could see that you like more than them, like in your head, like, Oh, I like this player more than this player. Let's see what their prices are. And then it kind of puts you back in line of maybe where they're va- like where there's value and where there's not. Correct. And, and, and that, that's the, that's the point we're trying to get to is that like, it's really easy to get caught up in brand new product. I got to get cards of these guys. I like, cause I'm, I'm missing out. Look at all these cards that are selling. I'm missing out. And then you go to Yanquil Fernandez, who I do think might deserve to be a tier one guy. Um, we'll, we'll hash that out in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but Speckle Auto out of $299, $214 on the 28th on auction. $214. Um, a Zach Veen Refractor Auto PSA 9. So 200 worse, but Refractor, or no, a Blue Wave. I'm going to go with the Blue Wave here. Blue Wave and Speckle, I feel like, are kind of similar. Out of 150, PSA 9, 238. So for 24 more dollars, you could have gotten a Zach Veen Blue Wave, graded PSA 9, or the Yanquil Fernandez Speckle Auto. And $24 in your pocket. Like, that's an easy choice for me all day long because Zach Veen was a stud um, Mm -hmm. this year. He's closer to the majors. There's less risk in his profile. He's still only 20 years old. Um, He's 6'4", 190. There's power there. There's speed there. He's one of the best base stealers I think I've ever seen um, because he's not the fastest guy, but he's just really, really uncannily good at it. Um, it, it, It's just, it's, it's an impressive package all the way around. No, he did not play very well in double a this year, but then he got to the fall league and dominated. And like, for me, uh, give me that, give me that Zach Veen at that price all day over mm-hmm. Enrique Fernandez or, or Yanquil Fernandez. Now that being said, I do want to talk about Yanquil first because I, we were going to cover him when we got to the two pluses, but since I brought him up, I want to cover him now. Mm-hmm. Um, He had, 20 plus home runs in a ball under 20 years old. Yeah. Only two other players did that. Their names, Ellie De La Cruz, Jackson Churio. If you, if you are in a list of guys that are under in teenagers that have 20 plus home runs on the season, um, in a level above complex or DSL, and you're on a list with Ellie De La Cruz and Jackson Churio, for my money, probably the two most helium prospects in all of baseball last year. I'm uh, I'm on board with you. I know he's the Rockies, right? Like that's a that's a concern, a real concern. He's on the Rockies. Um, and despite his good year, he did not he played 112 games in A ball and did not get called up to high A, which is a also somewhat of a concern. Um, I don't know why he didn't. That being said. I, I would, I am like some, at least a one plus for me. Yeah. So, so going back to, you know, about defensively in the tiering system. So this is a good example is because like you said, having putting up crazy numbers and he didn't get called up. That's where 
where, you know, I'm thinking of, I've, I've, you know, when I was sitting in the rooms with these, with the scout and the farm directors, like, and what they're saying is like the reason why he probably didn't get called up, even though he's hitting well, there's two sides where his fielding, I don't know, like I've never seen him field and, I, and I'm not, you know, I don't want to like hate on him for his feeling, but what the ranking is, he's a slower 40 speed um, and his field is a 40 and he's an outfielder. Maybe there's some hesitation there and that's why they're not calling up where like the fast, the kids that, that already are feeling well and they're, then their back comes along. Then they, they, you know, they, they go through the system super quick. We saw it last year. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why I hesitate with a Yan Quill Fernandez. But I like him a lot. If you read my the little notes, power, give me power. This dude might be, he might hit 99 home runs if he makes it to Coors Field. Um, there's just a, there's like a couple of interests I dove kind of deep on this kid was going back to the WRC plus. He had a 112 WRC plus. So that means he definitely wasn't a hinders league because what else do you have to do to get a higher WRC plus? He hit 21 home runs with a 284 batting average with only a 21.8 uh, strikeout rate, like what else do you want from this kid? So that that also equates to, in my mind, oh, he might have a great single A. Maybe it's a good time to sell. And, and if he goes to a double A, all depending on price, we'll mm-hmm. go back to that, um, maybe it's a good time to sell while you can because maybe if he goes into the other the other leagues um, through, the, like, through the Rockies, it might be tougher. And maybe his 284 is really a two- a 250 and his 21 is actually a 15 home runs. So just playing both sides. Playing devil's uh, advocate. I like yep. it. And I, I, I agree there. Um, what I will say is isolated power, super high, BABIP, not drastically high, 330. That's not out of the realm of possibility for a season. Um, so there's a, there's a walk rates pretty good seven and a half percent strikeout rates 21.8 percent um also not not a decent uh there's some stuff to like i don't have all of his advanced stats here i don't know i just from an upside standpoint i get the i get the defense i get the defensive aspect of it i think you could probably just plop a dude like him in left field let him get his bumps and you'll have a left fielder because left field defense really just isn't that important uh, in the grand scheme of things. Um, If you can catch a fly ball, you were probably pretty good in left field. I mean, Chris Davis had the worst arm I've ever seen in my entire life. We went to spring training one time, Chris Davis uh, with a K went to spring training one time and we watched him throw the baseball. And it was the first time in my life sitting there as an 18 year old kid where I said, guaranteed i have a stronger arm than a major league baseball player that's absurd but it was a guarantee i had a much stronger arm than chris davis that's how bad his arm was um like i've never i've never seen worse ryan braun was was just stepping and throwing and chris davis had to crow hop and was barely getting the ball to Bronny. Mm-hmm. um and if chris davis can be out there as long as you can catch a ball, you can play left field. Eloy Jimenez can do it, you know. So, uh, so, so maybe his his ceiling is an Eloy. So look at an Eloy's prices. Yeah, but and, Eloy's and, Eloy's tough because he's been injured a ton. Like if Eloy yeah. hadn't been as injured, I think we're talking about a completely different dude. 
No, I, I agree. I'm an Eloy fan, but I, just putting in perspective of cards, yeah. you know, there's, and that's where it becomes tricky because yes, like I would love Yanquil for, uh, Fernandez on the Tigers as a Tigers prospect all day. I'd be like, yes, let's go all day, buying all of them up for PC because I think he's going to be great for our team. Don't care what his card prices are in the future. But if we're looking at strictly card price, that's where I get very, it's tough for me to do this because I, I think of both ways. Um, and I mean, I mean, we'll talk about other players where if their defense isn't good, like we'll, in our minds, we, we subtract them on the list because of, you know, a left fielder isn't as exciting as a shortstop or a center fielder in the card world or a second baseman or, you know, our third base, like we have to, we have to try and stay even as possible for that in my mind. And that's why I put him where he was, but I do agree. Like I like him a lot. And if his prices are low where if he is a cheaper play all day long, but if mm-hmm. it's a premium, I'm like, maybe you sell and reconsider. Um, another thing that with the, these lists, this list that I made, I'm not going to lie. I'm, there are some bias to it where there's, if there's players that I haven't ever seen any tape on, I do hesitate on them until I see the eye test. And that, that, that to me is a huge factor too. Okay. So, um, and those, those two guys are on my, were really a couple of my only qualms. Uh, and Yan Quill just highlighted like pretty much every issue with prospecting and trying to figure out prices, mm-hmm. you know, maybe his comp is Eloy Jimenez. Well, Eloy Jimenez has been injured. So really can you mm-hmm. use him as a comp? Number two, he might be a DH long-term, but right now he can play outfield. Number three, um, he plays for the Rockies. Number four, his WRC plus wasn't as high, even though he had a really good season. Um, that's a concern. But number five, he had a really good season and was only one of three under 20-year-olds to hit 20-plus home runs in a season. Um, he also had a good average. He had a good on base. He had a great slugging. You know, so it's like, it's like there's so many factors to look at when so many. looking at these guys, and it's it's impossible to really – essentially it comes down to personal preference. We could go back and forth all day, mm-hmm. and it's just personal preference with what we're comfortable with. If you're not comfortable with buying into a Rockies guy and selling at call-up, maybe you're comfortable with buying into a Rockies guy and selling in double-A AA or triple-A, or maybe you're just not comfortable buying a Rockies guy at all because it's the Rockies. Um, yeah. It's an and, art, not a science sometimes. Yep. And so, like, and and case in point, I think Anquil, for what he showed this year, probably deserves to be up at least a tier to the one plus. You have him at two plus because defensive issues, and neither of us are probably wrong. Yeah. So that's what makes it. That's dude. That's why I love this. That's why I absolutely love this because there is no right answer. Yeah, it's it's by preference and it's it is a risk. Yep. At the end of the day, it's a very big risk, and it's how risky do you want to be, you know, for the reward? And it's it's whatever the game is for that. So I love this. This is fun. Um. All right. So let's go back to the rookie tier number one because I really went off track there. Um. <laughs> and we are at Brady House and Sid. Sedane Rafaela, um, mm-hmm. house shortstop, Nationals, big, big 6'4 kid, 215 pound shortstop. I I would have said 6'4 shortstops don't grow on trees, but in recent years, I feel like we're seeing bigger and bigger shortstops um, to the point where, like, 
Ellie De La Cruz is six seven. Uh, uh, O'Neill Cruz is six eight, six nine. You know, Brady House is six four. Carlos Correa is six four. Um, you are they 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 seem like they were rare, but now they're not as rare. So it almost makes me wonder if there's still value there because like. You can give me all those guys, but I'd still rather have like Trey Turner, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so for you, you know, you've got Brady House in a in a tier one, and like here's a first former first round pick with a big body should be big pop. Like, yeah, that that's a that's a tier one guy, regardless of his stats this year. Which uh, last time I checked, they weren't spectacular. Um, they, but I can check again. Um, they were horrible, but. I want to before that. I want to bring yeah. up before that he had a ton of injuries this this season, but he had a great. Um, yeah, he only played forty five games. Yeah, so he had a bunch of injuries, which I mean is a huge factor in my in my mind. But he has the framework to be very good. And going back to this in relative terms to pricing, like if he was the same price as a Lawler or a Meyer or a Bobby Witt or something, like I'd be like, no, like. Don't I would take any of those three guys over Brady House, but it, in relative terms to pricing, is also a factor. Brady House, Bowman Chrome Auto, fixed price one hundred fifty five dollars, base one hundred fifty. Like, although there's no chance I'm spending one hundred fifty dollars. I like I like Brady House. There's no chance I'm spending one hundred fifty dollars on his auto if I can buy Jackson Merrill that also doesn't have a first auto for the same price. I agree. I agree with that all day long. But do you factor in the, it not having a Bowman first on Merrill? Because that that hurts. For, they and, they and, both don't, though. Oh, that's true. That is true. Yeah, I would rather have Merrill all day. And, I, and obviously House has the significant, and I mean significant, upside in power. I agree. And you know power plays, but um, from a from a just a straight up, do I think he's going to keep hitting, you know, like Brady house has the power upside. I think Jackson Merrill has the upside everywhere else. And I'd rather be safe with my bet and bet on a Jackson Merrill hitting the cover off the ball, maybe not over the fence power, but hitting the cover off the ball in like a double a triple a majors type of thing than betting on Brady house doing that. I, I agree. And, and, you know, I I'll say this at nausea, the, the, the factors of the, of the different, hitters leagues in the different systems and knowing that can play such a huge factor. The fact that Merrill's been hitting well early on in the, in the pitchers leagues for, for the Padres going into a very friendly double A and triple A hitters leagues, like his numbers should be crazy after that. And that's why I really liked Robert Hassel last year. And then when he got traded, I liked him a little bit less, but because I would, I would sell them, in the minors you know how like we always talk about that like usually i wait till debut but there's a few few factors where i'm selling at the double a AA or triple a if they're putting up crazy numbers mm-hmm. um so. all right lastly rafaela big I power numbers it. this year somewhat unexpectedly i would say um and had his bowman first in 23 2022 bowman and then got a new uh you know his bowman auto um, weak walk rates would like to see something better there, but uh, the man really did hit for power. And as a guy who can play third base, 
um, at a at like a very good clip. He's projected seventy future future defense there, and he is he is a dude who can play third base, but also they had him play a bunch of games in the outfield and in center field specifically. That's pretty impressive. He also he also played shortstop for 103 innings. Um, so like we're talking about a dude. I don't think he sticks at sticks at shortstop. He didn't actually even play third base last year. Um, but he started as a third baseman. I don't think he probably sticks at shortstop. They had him play most of his innings in center field. But the fact that you can have a guy who can play center field or shortstop or third base and hit bombs. I like that. Now I am, I, what I, what I question here is like fan graphs, their 2022 report, 45 game power. Yeah. I'm interested on that too. And he got, he hit, um, he hit a combined 32 doubles, 10 triples and 21 home runs last year. 63 extra base hits if I combine that in my head really quick correctly. Uh, like, I don't – I mean, and that's between high A and double A. Uh, it's not the weakest competition in the world. You know, it's not complex league and, and A ball. So I wonder if they update it, um, if that power will go up or what they're seeing. Because I'm not a scout, right? I'm not a scout. And I wouldn't be able to tell you what he does with his swing where it's like, oh, he's going to limit his power. But even his raw power is only given a 50. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's interesting as well. Um, and I guess time will time will tell with that. But, the you know, along with all those other stats is WRC plus 156 when he was in high A, a 119 in double A. Like another factor, I know there I bring in a lot of different factors when I'm thinking about these players is, you know, Bogarts is gone. He, you know, he, he opted out of his contract. You know, you move uh, Trevor Story over to shortstop. You have um, Devers at third. Mm-hmm. Let's say you have R- Rafa Sedane at second. Also, where you can plug him in in the outfield and let's say Trevor Story needs a day off, you move him to short or vice versa or whatever it is. I just well, think their, he's an Who's their center fielder right now? Uh, Duran. It but It's the Jaron Duran. But, well, he's terrible. He's terrible. So I'm not going to consider him for any spot. But they listen to that. So earlier today, I, I was reading something that they're going after Mookie Betts again from the Dodgers. How no real way that is? Trade him? No way. I don't know if they got to shed payroll, and then you know, let's say you shed payroll because they have so many prospects that they could. That yeah, dude, but I feel like I shed literally anybody else but Mookie Betts. Yeah, I mean, I would, I, I wouldn't. But if you could get a bunch of prospects for him plus shedding a huge sat like i don't know i feel like it's enticing but who knows that's just that's a different story we don't want to go down that rabbit hole yeah um so <laughs> i like it i am you know because they've got kike hernandez and <laughs> jaron duran even though he's atrocious and and i'm i would love for him to do well because i've got a stupid tops pristine uh, uh on card auto of his that i wouldn't mind selling but not going to sell it if he's atrocious um so I, I am curious, you know, already in double A definitely could be up, especially maybe if they move a Devers, though, really, they should just unload the wagon of cash to Devers and sign oh, him yeah. for the next 12 years and call it a day. That's what I would do if I were the Red Sox. 
Um, but we move on. We move on regardless. There's a one plus here, and it's Roderick Arias. And here is where both what you talked about before league, um, what league he's playing in comes into play. And also um, international signings and also Yankees coming to play because his stats were not good. Not good at all. And yet his price is very expensive. You want to cover his, his stats real quick while we, uh, while yeah. Look him up? And one thing that I, I didn't look up any of his prices prior to this, cause I didn't want that to factor into any of this because I would try to keep it as one-sided as possible to keep it as even as possible. Base so, auto, $319. Yeah, like, no, I, I personally would not feel comfortable. True gold, $4,200. That's crazy. That's insane. Yeah, but okay, stat-wise, 17 years old, 61 games, 140 uh, plate appearances, three home runs. 31 games. Yeah, 31 games, 140 plate appearances. Yep. You said 61. I was just correcting. Oh, my bad. Three home runs, 20% uh, walk rate, a 32.9K rate. We'll round that up to 33. His average was in 194. But listen to this. This is what's so crazy. His WRC plus was 113. It's like, how? Well, that's the on-base percentage there. He's still running a three seventy, a three eighty on-base percentage. But, but isn't that interesting though? Like how, I don't know. Like I just love the WR because it kind of puts things in perspective sometimes. Where I don't know. I, I personally have I really enjoy the WRC plus because to me it's not the biggest factor where I, like I'm only looking at that, but it is something to help me kind of go one way, like get back to the other way if I'm thinking one way. Yeah, and and WRC plus for those of you at home that maybe aren't a hundred percent sure what it is, it's a thing where <clears throat> I can read the I'll actually read the description for you. Runs per plate appearance, plate appearance scaled where a hundred is average. So a hundred WRC plus would be a league average hitter. One thirteen, thirteen percent better than league average. The weighted runs created plus that's what it stands for is. Um, both league and park adjusted based on weighted on base average. So what it means by both league and park adjusted is that it is it like um, like when you weight a stock exchange or anything like that, you weight this so that like if you play in a, in an easy park, if you are a Cincinnati Reds player and you play in the, the bandbox that is great American ball field and you hit 50 home runs, your WRC plus won't be as high as a guy who hits 50 home runs in Oakland. Um, because it's a little bit easier. It doesn't mean as much um, playing great American. And so, you know, your WRC plus is going to be lower and also league adjusted, meaning that if you play in a league that has, you know, a million big ballparks, this or that tough league to hit in tough league to pitch in, whatever it adjusts for that too. So that you're not docked. You hit 200 with a 250 on base, but you play in the hardest league to hit baseballs in. Well, everyone else stinks too. So then it's it shows that you are actually pretty good and expected better results later on. Mm-hmm. So, question for you: If Roderick hit, let's say, twenty-one home runs and had a twenty-one point eight K rate and hit two eighty-four batting average, would you be more enticed on him 
Yes. Uh, because because his WRC plus is technically one better than Yanquil Fernandez. Uh, Fernandez. Isn't that but that isn't that make it that's what makes it fun. It's interesting. It it is interesting. And and the interesting thing here is Roderick has the defense to carry him, right? That being said, I don't care. Some I don't really care what the WRC plus says because like 194 average is just straight and 33% K rate. No matter what anything else says, I'm alarmed. I know. I, I agree. Straight up, I'm straight up alarmed. One, because 33% strikeout rate in the DSL, you know, there's factors that could be going on, but that should be the easiest league he has to hit in. So either he's pressing because he's not getting any strikes and wanted to show off to make do of that $4 million and he'll magically get better. And once he gets to complex league and a ball, um, or there's something major going on here. I don't know which. So we, this is a really a big, this is a big hold wait and see, because I don't know how much we can make. We can justify anything off of his DSL stats. But I, what I will say is I just don't feel I don't feel good about spending money on guys that have those big of red flags, no matter if it's justified or not. Yes. So do you mind reading the notes that I have? I'm not very good at reading out loud. I'm not going to lie. I okay. stutter. And you want me to read the whole thing? Just, yeah, a little bit. Cause I think I touch on it now that I'm reading. All right. Yankees pinstripes will always bring in added dollar signs when it comes to the card world. Here's another young Yankees prospect with huge upside. After signing a $4 million international signing bonus and landing number one on the international prospect list last year, he started off his professional career with lackluster stats. I always say to take stats at an early age with a grain of salt because there's so many factors that could cause that, like trying to live up to the hype of being a big signee, which I said, so we're on the same page or young pitchers, young pitchers pitching around him in the lineup or just being young and needs development like all other prospects. With that being said, Roderick definitely has huge upside who is a switching shortstop with a frame to handle power who also runs well. His glove is advanced enough that he should be able to keep him at shortstop long-term with all of that being said, his cards will probably come at an insane premium. And if you don't believe in what you say, you could get ahead of the game and sell at a, pre- what, sell what a you premium. see. Sorry. What? Oh, what um, you see, you could get ahead of the game and sell at a premium, or if you do like what you see and could be at, could be at a discount long-term if people are afraid after seeing his first pro stats. But I guess you could say that with any other player or car. Um, so you did you you did touch on multiple, multiple points. Uh, one thing I am curious on is that this really is, for me, because of the stats, this really is one of those situations that comes down to price and a green offer for 1300 bucks, a base auto for $319. Um, both sold in the last two days. I would rather put my money on. Yeah. There's a lot of guys I'd rather not. I don't like, look, does he have the defensive floor? That is nice. Yes. Does he have a 60 future hit tool? Yes. Um, is there a lot of other factors that could play into his high strikeout rates and low average? Yes. But the fact that he just had the strikeout rate at 33% and the low average under 200, I'm not comfortable taking that risk for $319 for a base auto. I, I would even sell honestly at that price because yeah. I, I would have to imagine that it would come down at some point. Cause like, what would he, what would he have to put up next season to increase that? 
Yeah. And 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 we saw we saw what Dominguez did in his first run of stateside baseball. Do we really think? I, obviously, he can. Mm-hmm. Anthony Volpe was not a bat first prospect when he got drafted. He was defensive that became a bat and defense prospect, right? So, like, I would not have expected Volpe to have the season he had two years ago. Um, but like Dominguez struggled. Not all prospects are the same, but. If Dominguez a significantly better bat first prospect than Arias can struggle like that, do I really wanna do I really wanna spend that money on Arias? I don't yeah. think so. So I I I yeah, it's it's an interest. I, I personally would steer away from a kid like that. But you but at the same time, like I still gotta put him at a one like a one plus rookie tier because he has that potential. And you got to give them that credit, but it's like, man, at that price, if we're if we're ranking on on pricing wise and value wise, like, yeah, I mean, he wouldn't he wouldn't touch the one rookie tier over some of these other players, but I agree, it's fun. That's what's hey, fun. Hey, so we're at an hour and five minutes here. Oh my god, if, dude, it literally feels like it's been ten minutes. Literally, <laughs> it, I haven't even looked it. at the time. Yeah, <laughs> we've made it through tier one. So what I'm going to suggest here is that I want to bring up one guy in tier two real quick, and then we make a part three Let's in which it. we we cover tier two, three, four, five at a significantly faster rate. No chance we do it, dude. We're going to have to have this be like like the like the Lord of the Rings or something to have like a twelve stage process of of episodes. Hey, no, nothing wrong with that either because there's not much to talk about in the off season anyway. So that's true. Um, but I do want to talk about one guy that I see you have in tier two, and I know a lot of guys are interested in. And for me, this is, this is, um, comes down to future role because he's still so old, he's so old and also advanced. And that is Gavin Stone, pitcher Dodgers, 24 years old in AAA. And so, like, I understand he's a very good pitcher. 60 command, 60 changeup, 50 slider, 55 fastball. Like, you give a guy really good command with one-plus pitch and at least one or more average or better pitches, that's a guy who's probably going to be a number three, you know? Um, Some years maybe a little worse. Some years maybe a little bit better. That being said, the Dodgers are talking to Justin Verlander right now. They have Julio Arias. They have Walker Bueller coming back from injury. They have Dustin May. They have um, Tony Gonslin and other other guys that I can't think of right now. Um, Andrew Heaney. Do they have Andrew Heaney? Is he pitching for them? Um, but they've got a bunch of pitching, a bunch of really good pitching. And I just kind of – and Clayton Kershaw, he's coming back. I forgot to even bring up him. Um for me, I look at a guy like Gavin Stone, and you're not the only person that would have him in tier two. I've seen his name a bunch of places. Like, oh, he's so good. He's Dodgers, 24, <laughs> ready to go, ready to pitch in the majors. And I just ask, where is he going to pitch? He's probably going to pitch out of the bullpen unless he's getting spot starts for, for entry. But this isn't the type of guy that's going to stick in a rotation all year. And so for me, if he's not going to be pitching in a rotation – um, year one or even year two, um, depending on what they do in free agency. Like, I don't know if I can put him in tier two because I just 
I just don't think he's going to. And he he was good. He was good last year, no doubt about it. One six ERA and double A in seventy three innings. One 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 sixteen ERA in triple A in twenty three innings, um, and twelve plus yeah. strikeouts per nine. But yeah. I just don't think he has a spot in the Dodgers rotation. And he's already in triple A, and he's already twenty four. So I think like the the upside is kind of gone where you need him to be starting right away. And if that doesn't happen, like I think I might bump him down a tier. Dude, the I, I agree with a lot, with most of that, like all of that. He is hitting in the, the most crazy hitter friendly parks. I have never seen stats like that in a park like in the Dodgers double A AA and triple A, where you know, like a Bobby Miller, like guys like that, where these guys, there's injuries all day long with the Dodgers. And I put him in as a two because it's like, what else does this kid have to do besides being two years younger to get up there, like on higher the list? Because I am usually not a big pitcher guy, but I've actually had more success with pitchers. Hey, oh, welcome to the I, club, Jimbo. And, I, and you know who first came to mind when I was reading this? Spencer Strider. I was all about him last year. I know it's a little bit different situation because there is a spot for him up in the major league rotation. But at the end of the day, if a kid's going well, they'll they'll find a way to get him up to the big leagues and get him get him throwing. And I I just know with injuries, it's a long season, especially with a Kershaw. If they bring a Verlander, like That's some fair. of these guys, like they're gonna get hurt. Like it's just how it is. You got to have like 10, 10 good starters for an entire season. I, and I know and, they're gonna get hurt. I just for but, me. What what's his price is that? I would I okay. So his all... prices are his prices are pretty expensive. Purple Auto, okay. hundred thirty three dollars on auction. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, Speckle Auto out of two ninety nine, uh, ninety six dollars, basically a hundred. Um, Speckle Auto the day before, one hundred thirty. Green Auto best offer, one hundred sixty. Uh, Speckle Auto one twenty five best offer. Like they're pretty expensive, a hundred plus for almost any numbered card. Um. I got a, I got a, I got a fun one. Okay, what's the kid that we like from the Guardians that we talked about? Uh, he was in last year's product. What's his price is at? Because I would love to see it compared to the get. Oh, I think you, it's, you are making me try to remember things. Ga- Gavin Williams is it? That I have a terrible memory. Oh yeah, Gavin Williams. Is it? Um, oh, Gavin Stone, Gavin Williams. That's funny. I didn't realize that. So I didn't know his prices were that high. But it makes sense why they're high because, dude, he, I mean, he's got nasty stuff. And as a pitcher, I don't really care about the gold, age as long gold as they're not. Gavin Williams. Is it gold or gold wave? Gold wave Gavin Williams just sold $170 November 28th. Okay. And what did, what and, did Gavin And sell? $133 for a purple auto. Gold shimmer for basically $40 more of Gavin Williams or purple auto for $40 less. Of Gavin Stone. Yeah. That's tough. Uh, <laughs> and and again, this me. isn't this isn't a detriment on Gavin Stone's ability. Like the dude's a really good. The dude's really good. I just don't think he's gonna get enough starts where it justifies the price point that's being paid. Like I think what's gonna happen is people are paying money for a guy because he's a stud. And then he ends up being a reliever for most of the year this year in the majors. And that price plummets spot start here or there because of injury. Yes. But I don't 
think that they're going to have him be one of their four playoff starters, you know? And so I, I just, I just think, I just think personally from a looking ahead, if he was in single a, well, 24 would be too old. So, you know, it's so, it's so weird. I've just never seen stats like that in such a, like, isn't that crazy? Like his ERA, like everything. I'm like, Oh my, this guy is playing a video game. Well, you got to get him. Like, I can't justify putting him anything lower than a two because of the stats. I, I just couldn't. Personally. I get you. I get you. But then, you know, you and also remember, you brought up Bobby Miller. They've got Ryan uh, uh, Pepoiter, however you say it. Um, mm-hmm. Like, they got a, a couple other guys right along with him. Um, Whereas yeah, like, they're stacked. They are so stacked. It's not even yeah. fair. So, so I, I just, again, it's just me being like, if I don't see a spot for him outside of being a reliever in the near term, I just, I would, there's no chance I could ever justify if I thought he could be a starter next year, like going into the year, 125 or a hundred dollars for a speckle auto doesn't seem that bad. Yeah. Well, okay. What's the rotation you got? You got Bueller as their one. Injured, is, but coming back. But what is isn't Kershaw? He might he might miss the full season though. Walker Bueller. Yeah, but isn't Kershaw like he hasn't actually signed with the Dodgers? Because I read something about him going to Texas because that's where he's from. Um, I thought he did resign. He Am I wrong? Been. I might Am have wrong on it. that. So I don't know. I just know with how how there's so many injuries this year or, and then there's just so many injuries. I don't know. Okay. okay you so got Julio. Let's assume, let's assume that. So I saw them talking to Justin Verlander. Let's assume that Walker, that Clayton Kershaw is back. And let's assume that they signed Justin Verlander for Walker Bueller's spot. So you got Julio Arias, Tony Gonsolin, Dustin May, Clayton Kershaw, and Justin Verlander. Now I don't know if that's going to happen, but let's just, let's just, have some fun and and say that is that's five one of them's gonna get hurt like guaranteed one or two sure but is he the first guy up Uh, i mean after looking at those stats i would say yeah or do they maybe give a different guy a chance also there is there is also very big potential that this guy ends up being a brewer or something like that when they (laughs) trade for a brandon woodruff or a corbin burns yeah, that's true. But like in my book, I'm moving Dustin May potentially to the bullpen. No, dude, Dustin May's a stud. Last guy I take out of that rotation. Yeah, but I don't know. I I value bullpen a lot. Like even though, you know, like during the season, you need your starters, but I'd rather get him comfortable in the bullpen cuz we're talking like for them the regular season is just like they're going to flow by. They're going to make the playoffs no matter what with the talent that they have. It's getting ready for the playoffs and as we see in the playoffs, pitching in the bullpen is such a huge factor. And if you have your Justin Verlander and you have your, you know, these other guys in the one, two, three spot, you might as well get some ready in the bullpen. I don't know. That's just how I – and you I preserve mean, their arms. Fair, but I want to see Dustin May as a starter because I do really think that Dustin May could be – Yeah, he is very, very good. He could it, As long as he's healthy. Out. Throw out last year's stats. He's coming off an injury. He only threw 30 innings of a 4-5 ERA, and that's coming off of injury. doesn't even really count. 
But let's see what he does with the full season because the year before he had a 3.7. Now this was only 23 innings, but a three three seven uh 3.7 K per nine in the major leagues. Like and then he got injured pitching against Milwaukee. Um like I don't want to see like Gavin Stone's good, but Dustin May's done it in the majors, you know? Yeah. No, Small I size, I, sure, but I want to see Dustin May actually give a full shot at starting because I do think I do think so highly of Dustin May. I think he could be a Cy Young contender one of these years. Oh, his stuff is filthy. Don't get me wrong. I'm just thinking preserving arms, thinking long term, where if there's a guy I'd want to come out of the bullpen, I'd rather have a a, a guy like a Dustin May than a dude pumping about, 99, 100, 101. Yeah. Like rather than a Tony, I'd rather have Tony Goslin be, you know, go five or six innings starting and do what he does. And then you bring in a Dustin May on the seventh. And then you have Gridall at in the nine hole. And then, you know, fill in with the eighth. I don't, I can't remember, remember who else is in the bullpen, but that's just me thinking way too in depthly about all this. <laughs> uh, we, we both probably are. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's, it's nitpicky. I'm nitpicking here, but this wasn't the first spot I'd seen love for Gavin Stone. And like, don't get me wrong, I'd love to have, I'd love to have Gavin. If if the Dodgers wanted Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff, and they're like, yeah, we'll give you Gavin Stone. He can slot right into that spot, and we will also give you a decent number of prospects that are high up. Yeah, sign me up. Um, I'll take it. I know it's tough to trade away a Corbin Burns. Like generally, if you're the team trading the star away, you're getting the much worse deal just in general. Like there are very few times where you trade somebody as good as, as Corbin Burns, where you get the value back in the pieces you traded for. That being said, Luis Castillo, what? Luis Castillo. Yeah. I mean, but even, even then, like there is a chance that all those guys that they acquired do nothing <laughs> in the majors, yeah. you know, you are because prospects are just a fickle, a fickle game. Um, which is why I like the, you know, the Brewers just trade Hunter Renfro. You see that? Yeah. My buddy got traded for Hunter Renfro once that I played high school baseball with. Really? Fun fact. I, I mean, I guess a lot of guys have been traded for Hunter Renfro in the last couple of years. He's on his fifth team and, five seasons um but uh like that's the type of thing where i kind of like that deal hunter renfro not in the long-term plans you get a couple guys close to the majors that are ready to eat some innings and who knows maybe one of them becomes something better with the brewers pitching development those are the types of trades i like trading a guy like a corbin burns is just terrifying and you you saw that with justin verlander the guys you got let's not even talk about that um, and Justin Verlander just won a Cy Young at 39, you know, so it's like, it's like it, it rarely ever works out yeah. for the team trading the Supreme talent. Well, one last thing now that I just thought about it, my buddy that he was with, I think the Padres or the Rays, I forget, but he was traded for Hunter Renfro straight up. Oh, played high school baseball with them. And, uh, I'm actually, he's out of baseball the last couple of years and I'm actually sitting in my parents' basement that he just remodeled a couple months ago really yeah so i just thought of that yeah the tanzels yeah and he's having small, a baby small world what's his name Dion tanzel he played at university of toledo he was amazing in high school dude amazing isn't that could, crazy how 
how you get these guys that are just like head and shoulders above everyone. And then they get to the major, to the minors and like they make it to double A, triple A, don't make it any further. And you're like, man, this was by far because I have a kid like that got to triple A with the Cardinals that I played baseball with and against growing up. And it's just like he was always head and shoulders above everyone. He knew he was really good. He acted like he was really good and he was really good. And like, yeah, he made it a triple A, but even the best baseball player I ever played against didn't Stuff. make it to the majors. And I guess I faced Kyle Cody, who plays on the Rangers. Um, I got one at bat against him. Two first names? Superman. Superman. <laughs> basically. Clark Kent, Bruce Wayne. Uh, Uh-oh, we're, we're digressing. We're at 120. We, we are digressing. Anyways, I was just getting to the point that anybody with two first <laughs> names is generally a superhero. Um, that being said, I do think we should cut it off here. So <laughs> we made good on about one-fifth of our promise. We covered the tier ones, which was also the smallest group. Shout out us. And, we well, we did cover some guys that I thought should be slotted in at tier one, too. So no big deal. Whatever. Um, <laughs> but, Jimbo, I love, the, I love the thing. How are we – if – how are we going to get this out to people if they want? So I was thinking one, we could push it out if people are subscribed to your guys' email. Okay. Uh, if you want, but also what I was going to do is I was going to put the link in my bio of my Instagram, Jimbro cards. I don't know if you want to I'll do that on your dinging corners. Okay. Perfect. And people can go there. We'll have it open for anyone that can see. We're not going to, we're going to have it where you can't edit it. So yep. people aren't going in. But we will have that, and I will be making, maybe adding a few things as I do even more research on some of these. And I will proofread because when I get going typing, all bets off, huh? Yeah, it's bad. So we'll proofread it. Well, Jimbo, I love the checklist. I'm sure if you've made it this far, you are also going to love the checklist. Please dive into it, check out Jimbo's thoughts and tears, and then make thoughts of your own. That's the most important thing because Mm. obviously, you, me, anybody listening to this, we all have different ways we look at prospects, and nobody's two ways the same. We see that, by the way. We talked about a couple of guys today where you're like, I think he slots here, and I was like, I think he slots here, and neither of us are wrong. Exactly. Um, and None so, of us really, truly know what yep. happens. Correct. Well, Jimbo, thank you for putting in the work on that checklist, and thank you for Anytime. joining today to, so we could talk about that. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's Dinging Corners. And we will not have one um, this Friday because I will be gone on vacation for a couple days. Buddy's wedding back in Wisconsin, so got that. Um, But we will have one next week where we will try to at least hit Tier 2. Maybe. Maybe. All right. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week. And we will talk to you guys next time. Deuces.